All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Mr. Sands, spin the one and twos, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Talau Orchid. All right, keep in mind, Talau Orchid at the Dominion. They're open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Great menu to choose from, nice family atmosphere. If you're ever out shopping at the Rim area or over there by the Dominion, make sure you check them out. That is Talau Orchid, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so uh, another you know another draft team been in kind of our backyard. I want to give some props to, even though I don't like their owner and their ownership, and that's the Texans. Considering the circumstance, I mean everything's been about Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun. They're gonna lose Deshaun, and everything's been about the owner. But you know, Lovey Smith, um, you know, was like nowhere near their first choice. It was like their fourth or fifth. Like I guess so, man. Lovey's still here. Will they get him? Will that get them off my ass about them? About, about them colors and not have to not enough. So you get Lovey there, but I really, I mean, the Texans, I mean, I, they got the best. I told y'all Friday, I figured they got the best cornerback in the draft. I like him a little bit more better than the kid. Cincinnati, the Jets got Mr. Sauce. Rookie's going to wait on his ass coming in. Him iced up like that and the sauce chain. He in camp, they're going to be on his ass up in, uh, up there in New York other than vets. And even when he get in the league. So, but, you know, the Texans, uh, Mechie, the third, Alabama, you know, he had a little injury there, but Mechie's under, you know, he's underappreciated, I think. Uh, very fast and get open, like what they did there. Um, <clears throat> did a good draft. I mean, in, in, in general, you know, it's a lot of it was concentrated on defense. I mean, that's Lovey. Um, Lovey's had some winning teams when he was with Tampa for a while, of course, Chicago, led them to the Super Bowl, you know, that was a long time ago. But uh, Lovey, I think, is can kind of pick up because this was a team, even under a lame duck coach last year, this was a team that didn't really get blown out too much compared to what we thought they were going to put in. I mean, losses are losses still, uh, but definitely um, did a decent job, I think, on their draft picks. And when you look at the schools that they took from, when you're trying to build an identity and establish a culture mm-hmm. – you want winners on that on, on on your on your sideline. You want winners on that team. You took two kids out of Alabama. Your first pick came out of LSU. You got Kenyon Green out of A and M. You had Baylor, Oregon State. I mean, you got you, even your last pick, um, Declas came out of LSU. Those are those are top programs. Okay, you went and got some 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 premier talent. I like Christian Harris in the third round out of Bama. Fantastic pick. Mm-hmm. Because you need an identity. I think that they got that identity on defense. They got winners on defense, people who are used to winning. And when you're going to a, uh, going to a team that hasn't necessarily won for a while, and I can speak on this because I support a, fran- a franchise that, that, that has gone through this over and over and over again, and you, you cultivate a losing attitude. And I think that ha- an, uh, an injection of winners is very important right. for Lovey. Um, that's, I, I agree with that take. Um, you know, um, the other another head scratcher, kind of like, kind of like a blah, is, you know, the New England Patriots. Um, look, you know, a lot of people feel that they reached on their first round pick with the offensive lineman. Um, Bill has not drafted well. I mean, I told y'all last year. You know, Robert Kraft pretty much gave him one hundred fifty, hundred sixty million in escrow in last off season to go make up for some of his draft misses. Um, Robert Kraft might be going there again another year or two. I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like, you know, the one thing Bill did was interesting to me in this draft, 
and all rounds. The players that he drafted, these were like all like majority of them like senior, older guys, like junior seniors, like really mostly seniors from different schools. That lets me know with Bill looking like, okay, look, I need guys that for one, he's always looked for smart guys, but veterans that have a little bit more to it that I don't have to bring them along, but still did not do enough for me in regards to being aggressive um, on the offensive side of getting some of these top tiered receivers in the first round. I think it's, he's always been known for moving down and, and acquiring more picks, acquiring picks. I think this is the difference when you lose a Tom Brady. For people that's been in my ear for the last few, like, yo, it's more Tom. It's Tom, Calvin, shut up. It's not Bill. Um, this is the, the this is the difference that I feel when you don't have a Tom Brady, is that you can sit there and you can kind of draft like this and you can kind of be cheap on the receiver and take people that are non-drafted, one-year deals. But you got to be really – I mean, is, is Bill is one of the goats, but sometimes I think he's so – and there's a thin line with that. Sometimes I think he's so deftone when it comes to what's going on around him, not just the rest of the league, but in his division. I mean, he – you know, the rule, the days – I keep saying it, but it's true. The days of having dominant defenses that can just sit there and hold teams to 13, 14 points, 10 points, them days are over. Yeah, you might have a, a Sunday or a Thursday or a Monday night where a defense just gets hot and the offense has an off day and they might hold them to maybe shut them out or hold them to a touchdown or just field goals. But to think that you can go all the way and ride just to shut down defense, and that, again, from a old-school-minded coach, an old-school way being reluctant to change. And trust me, I understand that. I'm cut from that cloth that don't like change too much. Um, but I just feel being fair because I'm always defending him. Uh, being fair, you know, I know most places like I'm looking at right here, Pete Presco of CBL. I mean, they gave he gave him a C minus. Um, that's just one of those that you got to wonder. You know, is this one of those things that you know you could be taking years to really catch up to be that competitive or a threat to Buffalo? I, I mean, they started off slower than what I thought they were last year. Um, I kind of went on an edge there. We're trying to put them as a Super Bowl pick because I liked all the offseason money he spent coming back off of that, you know, saying like, okay, they're not going to let Buffalo do that. But, you know, I had to learn to say, you know what? No, there is a little bit of talent disparity. You know, when you look at New England from last year and you look at the Buffalo Bills, the other team, the AFC, and really Buffalo got better. The Jets got way better, even though they might not be ready yet. To, to sweep the Patriots in a regular season or, you know, fit it, but they got, they got better and Miami got way better. You know, um, the only thing that I think that again, you can lay your hat on if you're a Patriots fan is that, you know, you, the coaching is still young over there, for, uh, for the exceptions of the head coach, uh, of the Buffalo Bills and McDormand. I mean, uh, for the exception of him, you're dealing with the first year coach or second year coach in the Jets. And you're going to be dealing with a first-year head coach in Miami. The brother they hired in Miami. Yeah. Okay. That's what they told us. So, but I, I was very disappointed a little bit. I thought I thought the Patriots would have been more aggressive, maybe moving up for the first time, really trying to get one of these, you know, top-tier receivers. I know a lot of people, you know, um, liked, you know, uh, their second-round pick. I think it's Taquan Thornton. Mm -hmm. He's a receiver. You know, some people were kind of high on that. But yet and still, I just, 
you know, I don't know. They really got they really took some for taking a reach though with the offensive lineman tackle. They, the center, I think they took um, some small school, some school, or whatever. But that's my thoughts on the Patriots. What you got? With how far the quarterbacks fell in this draft in general, is it alarming or or what do you think about the selection of Bailey Zapp in the fourth round? Bailey Zapp is who who took him? Where's he the Patriots? Bailey Zapp out of Western Kentucky, part of the air raid, giant air raid offense that um, the the UTSA Roadrunners saw twice this year. Oh, you talking about that quarter? That mm-hmm. quarter. And they took him in the fourth round. Now I understand that you've got Jarrett Stidham behind Mac Jones and such, but again, when you already saw where the talent was falling this year. I mean, it, it, does this put any sign on, on Mac Jones at all? Is it just another option in, in terms of health and safety? or, or It's well, weird, right? Before I answer that, I'll let Sam chime in. What do you got, Sam? Yeah, Zappi feels like the exact kind of backup quarterback that Belichick had. I mean, he was the highest scoring wonderlick of any of the rookie quarterbacks. Mm, okay. he's, just, he's, a, he's a bookworm. It feels like a perfect fit for okay. Bill to have a little – development toy okay. on the side yeah i can buy that that one kind of slipped on my radar i didn't even know they had took him in the fourth round to be honest with you but instead of a receiver in the fourth that i mean that could be criticism too well, i mean i see what holder. sam is looking like i mean because you could read that into the way sam's looking at it or you could read into it like you know what you know i know we know mac jones got high praise in his first year but maybe bill's saying like you know what i don't know you know you're not having josh mcdaniels anymore so it's one of those that hey just in case if I see something in practice or over the course of 18 weeks in practice this season and Mac Jones can't, you know, do whatever, that gives you the opportunity to kind of go, you know, to get the kid. I had totally forgot about that kid from Western Kentucky, to be honest with you. But, yeah, that's, I just think overall, it, you know, this will be a very interesting season for me for them. This The way this season goes, we, look, Buffalo is going to be 95% of everybody's picks in the AFC, to represent the AFC, okay? And until further notice, that's probably who I'm rolling with and coming August, but I mean, until August, but I we'll get to camp. We'll see how things go if I change my mind. But I just feel that this is going to be a very important season for New England on how I view them really going further and, and Bill. Because I put Bill in the same category I put Coach Popovich in. No matter what they do going forward, whether Bill never sniffs another Super Bowl, I mean, of course, the Bill versus Tom debate will go on. Tom's already got his one. But no matter what he does, whether he just finishes middle of the pack in the AFC East or down dead last, the Jets pass him up, you can't erase what he's done. He's going to go down as one of the GOATs. Same way I feel about Pop. But it's about what are you doing to adjust to the new way of your sport? or your league, or evaluating talent, or your system. And this season's going to tell a lot to me. I mean, it's the second year with a lot of those guys that he spent money on last year that's coming in. You know, he brought back one of his guys, Butler, back over there. But like I said, Butler ain't done nothing since he left the first time since he won the Super Bowl with him. Uh, But this will be, I think this could set the tone on where New England really is going forward. Now, if if they come back and, like, they're, you know, it's only Buffalo, and they're finishing second in the AFC East, okay, it's just that cycle we're in. But if you have a situation where Miami passes them or the Jets pass them and now you're looking at a situation where they're finishing third or worse, there could be some concerns if you're in Foxborough. And trust me, the we up there, they will be letting them, they, they, they will be letting them have it, old hoodie habit. It. it won't be none of this. Oh, well, hey, man, give them some time. 
Mac Jones on his third year. Hey, man, they're young. No, it won't be none of that. There won't be none of that. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760, 1300 The Zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, man, I, I know you're probably going to disagree with me today like you normally do, but um, I, w- I want to talk about the uh, New York, I mean, no, the Philadelphia Eagles situation. And um, I want to say this about Jalen Hurts. I told you this before. I, I know you like Alabama. Uh, but like I said, anybody could have won with the Alabama teams that Jalen Hurts was on, and he eventually got run out of town and had to go to Oklahoma. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not the answer in Philadelphia. I don't care if they bring in A.J. Brown. They got the uh, other receiver from Alabama. Heisman Trophy guy last year. He didn't do nothing with him last year, and he ain't going to do nothing with him this year. Jalen Hurts is not the answer in Philadelphia. Like I said, they wasted $100 million on A.J. Brown because they don't have nobody to throw him the ball. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you can, you can, I want to see what you have to say about this. You can't tell me that Baker Mayfield is not a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts and that he wouldn't be a better, a better quarterback on Philadelphia next year and between the two quarterbacks. And like I said, you'll see at the end of the year when Jalen Hurts is, uh, is, is right out of town because I guarantee you he's not going to do nothing with those receivers in Philadelphia. And I thank you for taking my call. All right, Mike. Thanks for, taking, thanks, thanks for calling in, of course, of course. Um, Mike, well, Mike, Mike's the only one. Like, if I, the, first of all, even before I got in this business, I, I, I don't think I'd never called in to a sports show or TV. But if I had, to, if there was some host that constantly felt like a disagree with everything, I don't see how I'd keep calling in. But that lets you know when you're really good at what you do. But anyway, listen, Mike. First of all, I'll tell you one thing: he's a better leader than him. I'll say that. Uh, number two, I don't know. You might be right. Jalen Hurts might not be the answer. But this is the reason why these moves have to be made. They're not growing on trees. They've got Jalen on a rookie contract. The, the, the goal is, like I said, credit to uh, Salty Pete. I'm going to stop calling him surfboard Pete. He's Salty Pete. Let's go Lyman. I know we got Russ killed for five years, but he's out of here. Let's go offensive lineman. Let's drop offensive lineman, whatever. They, they're dying on the sword with Drew Locke. I'll tell you this. I, I don't know if they're waiting in the wings for I'm going to start calling Baker Mike's Baker Mayfield because Mike, you swear Mike was a Baker OU fan as much he's going to he going to bat for Baker more than Jonas has. Uh, but I would just tell you, they really believe in Locke. But I'll just tell you this. This is why you got to do it, Mike, because you got you can't sit there and just say, because first of all, they led the league almost in rushing last year. They had a hell of a running attack. This is going to even be more potent. You put some speed and some 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 wide receivers you got. Um this is why you have to do that to find out if Jalen is the guy. That's all they're doing. I mean, you got to do that. I mean, it's similar to what the Giants ownership said they were trying to do with Daniel Donson. Like, we haven't done right by him. We don't know, even though that they didn't decline his fifth-year option. Um, but you have a situation you don't know. But you got to sit there and say, hey, same thing that his his former teammate is going through in Miami. Trading for Tyreek Hill, doing all this stuff that they've done on the offensive side. They've got to find out, like, okay, it's two of the guys. I can tell you both of those guys, Tua and Hurts, are better leaders than Baker Mayfield. They are. You know, they they are. I mean, does Jalen, I mean, we'd have to talk about, you know, I mean, we'd have to really see the development. of. I want to see what Jalen Hurts has done this offseason to go, and I disagree with there could have been any of the teams that could have won at quarterback with Alabama's as his talent there. I, I don't know about that because I think Tua has some 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 teams and some receivers at at once that was maybe even better than Jalen Hurts. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I think that's the reason why they're doing mine. But like I said in the top of the other hour, the last hour, 
you can be salty all you want to as a Dallas fan, but you can't argue nobody that thinks Philly's one of the favorites right now in the division. They've had a better offseason than Dallas. I mean, they've, they've got, they've got more, whether, you know, whether you want a roster call or talk about on paper and they, this ain't played on paper, but on paper, they look like they're a little better equipped going into the 2022 season than Dallas is. Dallas has a lame duck coach and they've lost some key pieces on the offensive side of the bill, the ball. And is this defense really going to improve? And you brought up a good point when we were talking about this off air. There was a crucial piece that you thought Dallas lost that is probably going to come back to bite him on the ass on that defensive side of the ball. Who are you speaking of? Uh, Keanu Neal. Okay. Uh, I thought that the way what he did to help Dallas's defense coming over from Atlanta, the, famili- the familiarity that he had with Dan Quinn to be able to put guys in the right place, what he did in the middle of the defense to allow Micah to play tor- uh, play at the line, I just think that that was a, a big loss um, mm. when you talk about leadership. But I think that the move also opens up for Micah to take a bigger role, a more vocal role on that defense as well. Yeah, oh, well, Michael Parsons, I don't think, I'm the bona fide leader of the defense on that side. Um, are you buying that, uh, Sam, in regards to the effect of the loss of him? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it also is balanced out by you know, opening up more opportunity for a guy like Jabril Cox, who they took in the fourth round last year, who got hurt uh, okay. in the first third of the season. I mean, that's the guy who's really going to have to pick up slack in that linebacker room because they didn't add anybody and lost Neil, like Jonas said. Yeah, okay. We'll see how it plays out, but you—I mean—you can't win stuff on paper. But um, we'll see if Mike's right. I mean, if they are, they'll move on. Trust me, they'll move on quickly at the end of the year with all this money and draft capital spent on the offensive side for Philly. If Jalen doesn't take them and get one of the wild card spots, they will move on with a uh, move on from him with no hesitation. I will say that. Plus two seventy-five to win these. Mm, okay. Listen to the sports crowd. We get back. We'll get to Fernando's phone call as well. A couple other things before we get out of here. You listen to the sports crowd today's show. We are broadcasting from Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. In this last segment of the day, it's going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. You can add your, uh, you can make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks, but if not, just stick to the regular meat, uh, regular mix, and you can add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so before we get to some of your social media comments, and we got Fernando on hold, we've got some breaking news coming down uh, the wire here that Jonas just let me know about. Yeah, we know, uh, appreciate some of you guys, others out there, letting us know, too. It is on our radar. DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona Cardinals receiver, suspended for six games for violating the PED policy. Per Schefter. Um. And I'm pretty sure they'll be coming for the vaccine. The, the vaccine vultures will be coming out and giving them hell for like, oh, you can't take you take that, but you can't take a vaccine shot. Like, it's it already like, started. Yeah, I saw that one coming. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't give a damn if he was going to be suspended twelve games. What the hell are you giving a first round pick for Hollywood Brown for? Like, come on, man. When I saw, first of all, I missed that, and then at the end, toward the end of the draft on Saturday night, in the Sunday, I was like. Wait a minute! I heard somebody on Tuesday Brown for a first round pick. I'm like, who? I'm like, I know it ain't Antonio's crazy ass, but Hollywood Brown. Like, come on, man, a first round. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, again, this is an organization that is it has rumblings of maybe an unhappy quarterback. Uh, you know, Colin Murray at the quarterback position. DeAndre Hopkins is top two receiver in the game easily. Missing six games for that. I mean, he's probably, I don't know how many times he's, that means he's probably had to fail a few more before to get to this point to get a six game. Um, is he going to appeal it? Is there anything about him being appealed? He hasn't stayed quiet. Nothing out there yet on that. Nothing on there on that front. But the question here I have is, is you talk about Kyler and the Cardinals tend to fade down the stretch. Could yeah. this be the flip then? You get to add Hopkins. Almost midseason, so you so you hit a stride instead of faltering off. It's still to that particular question. It still comes down to Colin Murray, man, and 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 um, you know Kingsbury. It's those two guys that's got to find a way to stop this fade. I don't think DeAndre. I mean, whether he starts the season, or whatever. This is a this could be a mental thing with them. Um, it's obviously a physical thing with Collar because he kind of gets a little bit beat up by the time we get toward the end, the middle, way after the halfway point. Uh, but it's a lot of QBs that have to put up with that, but they've got to find a way to finish. So I don't know. I think it really – whether DeAndre was going to be there or not or he comes back, it's still a mental thing from the head coach and the in the in the culture and to Kyler Murray. That's my, that's my opinion. But what else we got before we go to the phones? What else we got here in the uh, social media Facebook Live world? Well, on the social sphere, uh, we have Marquise Henderson uh, checking in, agreeing that the fourth round was too high for the Patriots to take a QB and not have a top 10 rated wideout in the draft. Yeah, I kind of agree with Marquise on that. I mean, like I said, the fourth round, I mean, it could be a development QB, could be insurance for Mac Jones. But again, it goes back to my take a couple segments. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know. I'll defend Bill Belichick. He's still one of the greatest coaches. Not, I mean, Bill Parcell is my favorite of my lifetime. Uh, but Bill Belichick is one of the goats, if not the goat. So I'm not going to take that away from him. But it's been some. I mean, it's no big secret. Everybody that follows the NFL knows that he's drafted. Even with Tom Brady there, it's been questionable drafts. I mean, that's why Robert Kraft had to bail his ass out last year after coming off an eight and eight or whatever year they went. 
Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. I, I don't think they've done enough or aggressive enough in the draft, at least, because they spent a lot of money last offseason, but really, you know, not getting a real, out of all these receivers, even moving up to get one of these guys, you just got to sometimes figure out what people around you in your division is is doing. So we'll see how it pans out for them. What else we got? Speaking of looking around the division, uh, Claudia and Carl Polk uh, saying, don't sleep on the commanders either. Yes, I I like the fact they got Hal uh, out of Carolina. Uh, way they drafted him too, he could end up being the steal of the draft. One of one as being the quarterback position, but definitely an insurance for Carson Wentz. Now the only the only tricky thing about this is is if Carson Wentz because we've seen what Carson Wentz is. If Carson Wentz comes out with the wobbly boot and it's when they get off to an zero and three start, zero four, and then and you know Carson has two ints again. One that Washington, whatever's left of the Commanders faithful, they're gonna start calling for Sam Howell or somebody. So that's the thing, but I do think that they stole him, just the fact that he felt, because that was a guy that was rumored enough to even maybe be second round, maybe late round, first round talent. So um, I definitely, and some other things that they did, yeah, I definitely, I mean, it's about time that they turned the organization around. I mean, they're they're fighting up against it because they have one of the worst owners in the National Football League. They really do. So that that's hard to overcome. So they're they're trying. They're trying. And over on Twitter, I want to point out here, we have Sean checking in. Said he didn't like the Neil, uh, Keanu Neal in the linebacker role. He's interested to see, as uh, Sam was talking about, the Jabril Cox will look like um, with Micah in a full season. He just needs uh, Jabril to stay healthy so it can be seen. He plan seems to be on Parsons, Cox, and eventually Damone Clark, who will miss this year after having uh, spinal surgery following the combine, but they took him uh, out of LSU in, I believe, the fifth round. Yeah, and again, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of one of their Jalen Smith type of deals, but I don't, I mean, not as high as the second round as they took Jalen Smith, but I still don't know if this is a team that's really needs to be dealing with guys, development guys, you got to wait and see. I mean, they've got, again, you know, Dak is still young, but, you know, you look at Zeke, he's not getting any. I mean, I'm not going to use the windows closing, but it's damn near. And I want, the only reason I'm not using that is because I don't really believe Mike McCarthy's being here past this year. The only way Mike McCarthy stand on Dallas if Sean Payton tells Jerry, like, I need another year off, man. This TV stuff's really doing good. Give me one more year, Jerry. All right, Mike, you're good for now. Other than that, like, so I'm taking a grain of salt, but make no mistake about it. I haven't been a big fan of Dallas's offseason, uh, to be honest with you, and really what they've lost and kind of what they what they've done. But we'll see how that plan pays out. Uh keep it going. Let's go to the phones real quick. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you on the sports ground here on ticket seven sixty and thirteen hundred zone. What's up, Fernando? Hey, thanks for having me, Calvin. No <clears throat> I wanted to comment on the Sean Payton on him going to the Cowboys. Uh-huh. Uh I know you feel that he's gonna go and he probably is, I don't know. But I don't know why he would want to go. He was there under Bill Parcells, so he saw what happened, you know, between him and the, and the Joneses. And he also knows the history of Jimmy Johnson. So in my mind, why would you want to go there, you know, knowing what can happen, you know, having to deal with the Clampets, you know? it's it's He's got enough pelts on the wall where he can go wherever he wants and, and be the GM and not have anybody bother him about you know, the direction of the team. Just wanted to hear what you said. All right, Fernando. Well, first of all, I can answer that question. Um, it's called ego and it's called money. And uh, the whole control thing, trust me, the, uh, Sean Payton ain't dumb. I mean, that will be Jerry hiring Sean Payton will be hitting rock bottom and saying that I remitted, I uh, hit rock bottom. 
Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a problem. I'm an addict and I'm admitting taking the first step. I've hit rock bottom. That's what that is. So to answer your question, Fernando, it's ego and Sean Payton will be the highest paid coach in NFL, probably in football history and NFL history. And then, uh, yes, you will have other teams that have to move on from them coaches after their coaches after the 2022 year. Um, so if he's really not going to get that involved in TV or he decides to come out, yes, he'll have other jobs. It's different. If you, whoever I've been saying this for years, whoever turns the Cowboys around to host Lombardi is that coach is going to be God. And if you take Sean Payton's, as you say, the, the skins on the wall or the, the, the resume he already has, if he's the one that does it, and, you know, because first of all, you've got to think after years sitting around, Sean Payton, whether somebody tells him or not, Sean Payton will be looking like, you know what? I want to prove I can do it without Drew Brees. I want to take Dak Prescott for people say, ah, oh, we shouldn't have never gave him that money. We can't win with Dak. There's a lot of reasons why a player, a person like Sean Payton, who's I've followed his career since he was a coordinator with Bill Parcells and even when he first showed up in New Orleans, he thrives off of that, and that's the reason why he would take a job with that. Because if you do it in Dallas, it's going to be different. If you're the first one to do it since Jimmy, it's going to be different. But if you're Sean Payton, you become an automatically super rock star. You know, like I think Sean Payton was quoted one time to say, look, you know, in North, in North America, you know, like in the United States, I coach down in New Orleans. You know, they know me up in Montana. I coach the Dallas Cowboys. They'll know me in Japan and China. And in London, well, hell, they know everybody in London. We play damn near 50 games a year over there. Uh, but that's the difference. So, yes, there's a lot of reasons why he would take it. And I keep saying that to call my shot because it makes it's been rumored for years. Oh, he's got a house over there. This is and I just felt I never bought in that because he wasn't leaving before Drew Brees left. Due to the fact that he left, he came out, he went back. It just makes too much if he wants to coach. And he told us in his press conference at the end of his stepping down and retired. He said, no, nah, I don't think I'm done. He goes, I definitely need time off now. It makes too much sense, and he's gonna he's gonna basically he's gonna take Jerry to the cleaners, man. He's, it's gonna be the it'll make it's gonna make some people throw up on how much money he's gonna get, and I think he's earned. Uh, you know, I, I know some Saints fans that don't really like Sean Payton. That's crazy, but I you know I know one that doesn't really care about him. Um, but I I respect him because that's his team, and it's like okay, I get it. But he's always sending me um, text messages about Sean Payton, like you want him, I'm done with him. I'm like, what? Hell yeah, take Sean Payton. He'll he'll do it if he did. Now, if McCarthy wins the Super Bowl, all bets off. Or Jerry, knowing Jerry, like, hey, thank you, Mike, but I kind of did that. Go on, I won't do it, my buddy. He's the Sean. You never know. I mean, he could win the he could win the Super Bowl and still be gone. But that's the only way he survives. See, and don't let him lose the division, which is obviously no one's repeated in that division for thirteen some years. So don't let him lose the division or miss the playoffs because we won't talk. It won't be like, well, damn man, y'all let two or three guys walk out of here. We didn't do this, you know. We didn't address this. It'll be like, hey man, Mike, you gotta go, you know. Now, the one thing, I don't care how bad it gets, I don't see a change happening during the season. You know, Jerry's only done that once, and that was with old Wade, and that's just because he thought he had Bill Walsh on the sideline and Jason Garrett. That's the only reason why that happened after an ass kicking in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that was just it. Like, they didn't barely let Wade fly with the team back. Um, but anyway, so um, that's it with the draft. But, again, we'll get more into maybe the more developments coming with the DeAndre Hopkins. Still, we got some other free agents out there. Well, the one thing we didn't talk about, Tyrone Matthew, the honey badger, 
going back home to New Orleans. It's obviously there was a report saying that they wanted to see how the draft shaked out before we, you know, they visit this guy a few weeks ago. I told y'all when this first was rumored, I'm going to sit there. I don't like to be Debbie Downer, but I will tell you this. I'm going to proceed with caution because it just, I mean, he's a lot, he, he's, he's older now. He's more mature now. He's a Super Bowl champion. It's, it's, I don't believe that's the same Tyrone Matthew that played at LSU and Baton Rouge and Death Valley. But when you in our coach, when you go back home and they're homeboys around and you start going by whatever, you got to really have a support team around you to stay focused. That, that's the only thing that I will be leery of is putting Tyrone Matthew back home around the guys he grew up with. Because trust me, they will find a way to get a hold of him and find out, oh, man, Matt's back. Oh, yeah, man, let's go to club, man. You know, stuff like the be, be careful. But I just think he's older now. But that is a concern back to all the places he could have gone is going back to the 504. Because in our culture, that's where they'll get you, back at home. You know, go ahead, go ask Nipsey Hussle on that. Go ask Young Dog. Not saying, what are you saying? He's going to get killed, Calvin? No, not saying that. I'm just saying they bring you down when you come back home. So that's the only thing. And again, the big, big thing. Poppy almost got, he got shot when he went. Well, back to Puerto Rico. Yeah, somebody tried to take a hit on him. But I'm just telling you, because the really thing with Tyrone Matthews, I'm just eager to see what that void's going to be out there in Arrowhead, in that locker room. When basically sitting there thinking like, uh, can we stop somebody? Well, what? And I know they've addressed their thing. I told you they're going to address defense in that corner with their first round. Because again, the AFC, I keep repeating this so it can be another one on Twitter. Somebody like, damn, Calvin, if I got a dollar for every time I told you so. Yeah, this will be one. The team that plays the best defense will win that AFC West. And that that's the that's the most thing I'm going to see is how is the emotional. Because sometimes, even though I got a lot of respect for Kansas City's front office, the guys in the suits can lose disconnect on how much who the heart of a team is in the locker room. I saw it firsthand. So that's just really one of those things. Um, for the games tonight, Dallas and Phoenix in the NBA playoffs. Phoenix is a minus 300 to win the series if you're looking for future series prices. Get good value in Dallas. I really wish I would know how much of Devin Booker that we're going to get because I think Devin's going to get tested with that hamstring in this one. Uh, but listen, Phoenix has been on a mission for the most part. I think New Orleans series was a blessing in disguise for them to to push them like that. It's probably worked better they didn't have a gentleman sweep or sweep. This is going to be a competitive series. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas sneaks out of there tonight with a win. They're like six-point favorites. I mean, underdogs. Definitely, if you're a Batman, I'd take that, buy it up two points. But I'm going to go with the Suns in a good series to edge this one out. I love what Jason Kidd is doing with the Mavericks. Would I be shocked if they won this series? No, but if they did, it's going to be because maybe, you know, um, Booker had a setback. But it should be a hell because defense travels. Dallas got a good defense team. But I'm going to go with the Suns to win this one. Philly and Miami. Look, I haven't been high on Miami all year, but you tell me Embiid's not going to be here for the first two games. Who the hell is going to get, you know, uh, you know, their big guys out of the paint for a while? A Bayou, whatever, he's going to eat forever without the two games without uh, Embiid there. Harden barely showed up in the closeout game, so I don't think he'll do anything. It's also, and yeah. NHL hockey playoffs get going tonight. Hey, man, Colorado Avalanche is favorite. Sam, who do, is this the year the Toronto Maple Leafs 
break the streak up in Canada. Who do you like in the NHL this year? I mean, Colorado definitely on the West. Stars uh, dodged a bullet there, avoiding them in the first round. Tampa Bay is still the team to bet against. Tampa Bay. Okay. All right. So we'll start getting a little bit of hockey updates here with Sam and and the fold. That's a wrap for today. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark, Sam Spin the 1 and 2, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Floor region, and my people in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for it's a snooze button before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.